Hello, how are you guys? Hope you're having a wonderful day and a lovely 2022. Welcome to episode number 29 of Listen. I'm your host, Rupal Goyle, but you can call me Roops. This is a show where I explore the intersection of diversity, mental health, and personal growth. Each week, I cover a different topic with a super cool and qualified featured guest. This week, I'll be chatting with my new friend, Jennifer, about what it means to bring your authentic self to your life while being conscious and protective of yourself and your energy in the process. We break down honesty, vulnerability, and building trust in and out of the workplace. My guest this week is a native Californian living her best life in New York City, working remotely at a biotech startup as a technical product manager. I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say about her journey so far. Now, without further ado, let's roll. Jennifer, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, hello. Um, Yes, I absolutely would. So you kind of briefly touched on what I'm doing currently in New York, but just as a bit of background, um, I'm originally from LA, youngest of four. I have done a lot of exploring during my undergrad years at Stanford and a few years after the fact, just trying to discover, you know, what I wanted to do. And it led me down a path of working for a few different startups, had a ton of learnings along the way. Um, and I just can't wait to share them with you all and be chatting with you, Rupal. I'm so, so excited to be on this podcast with you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on here. So just to start things off, what have been your biggest learnings of 2021? I know you've had quite a road so far. Yes, that's an excellent question. I didn't quite expect that so many changes would happen in one year. Um, But essentially, in summary, what I learned this past year was that it's so, so important at the end of the day to stand up for your values, um, even even if it's an inconvenience at the moment. And to really learn uh, how to advocate for yourself before expecting others, those that you trust even, uh, to advocate for you. Um, And I've also learned that solo traveling and being comfortable with yourself and just yourself is such a beautiful and empowering thing. Um, Yeah, 2021 helped me just realize that when you're open to just change happening, like as scary as it is at first, like so many beautiful things can happen as a result. So yeah, those are just a few of my takeaways. That's awesome. And that's a lesson that's really hard for all of us to learn. And I'm happy you were able to explore that for yourself. Was there a pivotal moment where you had to kind of accept that self-love and that care for yourself? Was there like an event that kind of pushed that realization? Yeah. So um, one of the biggest transition points for me last year was actually moving to New York City. Um, And my move happened around July and I specifically moved here for a new job. And I was previously working at another startup uh, based in New York. And a pivotal moment for me where I realized it's like so important to be fully in tune with what my needs are and um, what I'm trying to run towards was when I actually decided to leave my job um, just five months into it in this past September. Uh, It was a really painful process, I'm not going to lie, but it was a pivotal moment for me because it really taught me so much about 
learning how to use my voice in a way that feels honest and authentic to me. And uh, I think in the process, I was able to talk to so many people um, who were inspired to do the same, to be more vocal. And I think even that process of just like sharing my journey was uh, such a beautiful one. And it really helped me just kind of connect to the people around me in uh, a more nuanced way that I hadn't really experienced prior. Did you have to stand up for something? Like, were you challenged in your values somehow where you had to voice your opinion and kind of step out of your comfort zone? Yeah. So um, I'll keep it just like more like high level, but uh, essentially the reason why I left the startup was because, you know, I realized that the way I wanted to approach building out a product was a bit incongruous with, with kind of like the leadership's view of how things should be done. And after multiple kind of conversations of really trying to dig at the heart of what comes next and how we're kind of willing to fix problems that we see, how we're willing to acknowledge our weaknesses, I realized that um, I would be dying on a hill for something that can't change if I stayed any longer. Um, But with that being said, honestly, like it was such a key learning experience for me. So I can't even regret like having, you know, joined that startup to begin with, to have worth there. It was a platform for me to really start coming into my own. Um, So yeah, it's like a bittersweet kind of experience that really taught me a lot about myself and taught me a lot about, you know, what I actually want in a team and how I want to approach my work. Um, And I know this is something that we were talking about last night when we met of just like caring a lot about the work that you do and um, the integrity that goes behind that. So those are just a couple of things that, yeah, popped into mind as I was thinking, reflecting on this experience. No, I totally get it. I mean, it's really hard sometimes when you're faced with a situation that challenges your core values and your beliefs. And it's like, where do you draw the line, right? Um, at what point do you say I have fought the battle that needs to be fought and it's now time yeah. to retreat peacefully yeah. to protect your own peace, right? That's the exactly. whole thing is how do I protect my peace in a world that's constantly changing, constantly moving if I can't you know, make that stand? And so yeah. this sounds like from a third party perspective that this was a situation where you did, you know, you know, what is it? Grind your wheels a little bit. They turned you did the best you could, and then you saw what needed to be done, which is a courageous move. Um, yeah. I think that's such an interesting point, Ruble. Um, And this phrase, protect your peace, like it's actually so funny because even before you brought it up in our conversation, um, my roommate actually coined this as our mantra for 2022. And I remember hearing that and just being like, yes, like this is absolutely what, sh- what we should be embracing. Um, and I think this point around like learning how to, you know, step back from a battle, so to speak, and say like, you know what, like, this is not something that I should continue fighting. And just like knowing your boundaries, like knowing when things become futile, like, I think that is such an important lesson that I'm still trying to learn, like how to learn timing, how to learn, um, like ways to navigate like different interests and motivations. And it's like a 
constant learning process. And I think what's interesting about kind of being in the startup space is like, it forces you to just like grow up very, very fast and learn how to take in your surroundings and learn how to navigate a lot of different characters and a lot of different egos. And you just kind of have to sit there and really, really try to get to like the crux of whatever issue that you're talking about and try to bring like the right people to an issue as well. Yeah. And learn how to accept defeat, which at the end of the day, isn't really defeat because it's kind of like more of like, um, like an art of war type of situation where you're just learning to be more strategic and being more protective again of like your energy. Yeah. We're all moving and shaking and learning and growing, right? Like I don't view anything as a defeat or a loss. I view it as just a redirection and a way to move forward. Um, we all, we all have like, you know, things that happen to us that in the moment feel like the worst thing that could ever happen. And then you look back and you're like, okay, this actually pushed me in a certain direction that was good for me. Um, and that's, I totally get that feeling of, you know, figuring out how and when to stop is really hard. Um, and it also sounds like, I mean, you're not a stranger to the startup world, but it feels like a very big transition period in your life going into the startup world and also moving to New York where both of those things are very fast paced and everyone (laughs) is doing things all the time. Yes. How have you, how have you, um, handled that transition? How has that, uh, worked for you? Oh my gosh. That's, such an excellent question because I've been really trying to figure out for myself, like what it will take to make this more sustainable for the long haul. Um, because quite frankly, like when I moved to New York, I think I was just like so excited to enter this new chapter of my life that I wasn't really thinking long-term. I was just like, I am going to come in. I'm going to do my best. Like I'm going to bring like my entire energy, like my entire self and just like go for it. Um, And I think that kind of energy is so valued when you're living in a fast paced city like this, when you're working at a fast paced company. Um, But then like, if you're not thinking about like, how do you make it work for you? Like, how do you make this something that you can live with uh, for multiple years on end? That leads to burnout. That leads to so much doubt about like why you're doing what you're doing when you're just like pushed to the brink of exhaustion. Um, So for me, like what I've been really trying to think about more carefully is, um, actually like how to choose more carefully, like the people that surround me. And what I mean by that is like, especially in college, I feel like there was like this culture of just, you know, if you bump into someone, you can easily slot them in for lunch or for coffee the next day, or you can just like be more liberal with kind of how you spend your time and the people that you bring into your life. And I realized like in post-grad life, because you have such limited personal time, like you need to allocate like a good chunk of it just for you time, just for you to like decompress and unwind. And also another section of that time to like maintain like the close relations that mean the most to you while also kind of opening up that space to introduce like new people in your life that can just like bring so much joy and energy uh, that you previously hadn't encountered and that you could reciprocate. So, so many moving pieces, even in like the relationship building aspect that I realize like I need to think about more intentionally because I feel like that's a huge part, like people and the people you choose to surround yourself with is such a huge part of 
making something so fast paced and overwhelming, like work for you in the long term, because, you know, without a support network, it's like impossible to actually function. At least that's been my, my learning. Oh yeah. I mean, what I've learned is the hard truth about, I don't know, being an adult and making and maintaining friendships is being very intentional, right? About who you, the company you keep and also who boosts and or drains your energy. So they're always, you're always going to meet new people at work, in your life, at parties, whatever. But the hardest part is kind of figuring out who you want to keep as an energy booster and not an energy drainer. And that's, that I mean, goes really well with your point about preserving and protecting your peace and understanding your energy levels. Because, you know, if I'm coming off of a hard, long day at work, I want to go to a core group of people and whittling down all the acquaintances and people you have in your life to that core support network is some of the hardest because that means you actually have to put in some effort, mm-hmm. um, which is hard sometimes. But yeah. it's good to hear that you've found or at least are building that network in New York City for yourself. Um, it can feel very hard yeah. to do it, especially because there's so many people and so many types of people. and in a time where you're still trying to figure out who you are, um, figuring out the type of people you want to surround yourself with can feel very uh, daunting. Yeah. And honestly, just to take the pressure off of myself when it comes to determining who that core group is, even, um, I think something that I've really tried to embrace is this idea of people coming in and out of your life. Um, just very organically and many of those forces kind of being out of your control. And what I mean by that more specifically is like, you know, in my experience, I used to get so bogged down by the idea of like having your closest group of friends, just like be the closest people to you for years on end, like from childhood onwards, you know? And I feel like a lot of people romanticize this notion of like having that best friend, like that best person. Um, And I I really do now subscribe to this notion of people kind of coming in and out just like seasons and people coming in to support you and you kind of in turn being able to support them when the timing is right. Um, And sometimes like those relationships might fade a little bit and they might grow stronger a few years out and you just don't know. And I feel like that's something that I've really had to learn the hard way of just like this idea of ambiguity, even in my career and my relationships and the way that I, yeah, like think about like what comes next. That used to be like a paralyzing fear of mine, you know, just like, what do I do? Like, what is my five-year plan? Like who's going to be a part of that five-year plan? And I'm just realizing like that it's like, so such a waste of energy to even like try to hammer that down um, because so much is in flux. And like, the more you try or the more I try to like box myself into this narrative of, you know, what my life is kind of going to turn out to be, um, the more I'm limiting myself to just like the weird curves and interesting twists that might happen uh, if I just kind of like let that go. So yeah, even this like thinking about like friends and like the people that I want in my life has just been so eye-opening and even understanding like how I want to approach life more generally. I mean, the way I 
view that, which is, I mean, very good point about this idea of not paralyzing yourself over your five-year plan, your future, right? The way I view it is that for the longest time, I was kind of living my life as a side character in my story and viewing myself from a very weird third-person point of view, Um, like a little omniscient narrator, if you will, just kind of looking from the outside in. And it's so weird because it was like, okay, all of these forces are happening. How can I control everything at once? I was trying to play God in the worst way. And then when things blow up in your face, you're like, well, then what was the point of even trying? And now I've tried to approach my life as the main character. <laughs> main character <laughs> syndrome is real and it's great. You need that it, main character energy. <laughs> it's so helpful. And I've just decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do on my terms without expectation weighing me down. I think the worst part is, is when you let expectations from society, friends, family, the city you're in, the job you work, when you let those bog you and paralyze you and make you anxious about what you're going to be doing in the future versus just honestly, sometimes taking it a day at a time, an hour at a time. Yeah, I'm very much a, I'm a realist, but I'm also a serial pessimist. (laughs) And so I, my anxiety leads me to determine all possible outcomes, the pros and the cons. I am very much a square at heart. uh, And that's my defense mechanism. And that's how I preserve my peace sometimes. But it's also, it can also be a fatal flaw, right? Where you're like, if you try to control everything and you try to have, I don't know, play a factor in all decisions affecting your life. Yeah. It feels very painful if something doesn't work your way because you're like well I did everything I could and sometimes you have to accept the fact that you did everything you could and that's the best you can do yeah I mean it's so interesting that you bring up this concept of you know being more of a realist as like a flaw like for me alternatively I feel like because my natural mo is being such an idealist like that holds me back in kind of a similar way honestly because um I think kind of weaving this thread of just like, you know, how you decide to show up and how you decide to invest your time and energy into people whom you trust. I think for me, this idealism has honestly been my defense mechanism for like navigating this like very uncertain world. It's like, I just want to believe in like the best of people I want to believe that like what people say is what they mean to say. And I think that has been kind of my Achilles heel in, in many ways. And I know we were discussing earlier, like that caring a lot and transparency and honesty, they're not bad things and they're not, but I'm just realizing like, not everyone knows how to handle that with care, you know, like not everyone will encounter that kind of spirit and just be like, yes, like I want to match that. Like I also want to embody those values. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, like your values are your own and people have their own set that you may not be privy to unless like they clearly show through their actions explicitly what those values are. Um, But 
yeah, I just thought I'd like share that point because I don't think being a realist is a fatal flaw because of my, on my end, like I would love to be more realistic. I would love to be like slightly more pessimistic just to, you know, have better, <laughs> better boundaries set, you know? I think, I think the moral of the story is that you have to do everything in moderation, right? Like yes. I would, I get so sad sometimes at the way I view myself and the way I view my actions and behaviors in that realistic perspective. And so I'm forcing myself to be more optimistic, to be more idealistic, to pursue things that I originally would have honestly self-selected out of, right? And been like, "Mm, that's not going to happen. So uh, there's no point in even putting in the energy and trying. But in reality, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. So I think it's it's interesting because you being an idealist to me is a great thing and me being a realist to you is a great thing and honestly the thing is is we both just need to be closer to earth yeah if you feel higher in the clouds and I feel more in the ground we need to find that equilibrium and that's the hardest part of living life is figuring out what is your balance right that's I think that's the core question we all try to answer in all of our actions is, okay, what's the secret sauce for making those decisions and being okay with it? And I think at the end of the day, it's you have to be comfortable with whatever outcome is there, whether it's from your idealistic perspective or from a pessimistic perspective. And if yeah. that perspective only brings you sadness or pain, then it's time to change something, which is what I discovered when I was like, hey, maybe I am holding myself back from doing XYZ things uh, because I think I can't accomplish it. And that's part of a bigger problem, right? It could be imposter syndrome, check, anxiety, check, Um, new city, new things, fear, check, right? But for you, it's being idealistic is your Achilles heel because sometimes it doesn't ground you in the reality of things or you're too caring or you're too loving or you're too big, right? But we also as women tend to try to justify how much space we take up in the world um which is pointless uh no one has ever no one should be questioning how much you take up and you certainly should not be questioning how much space you take up or the audacity to have space in the world so live your idealistic self yeah i mean dreaming is great (laughs) (laughs) it's fun to dream appreciate that yeah no it's so fun to dream and Honestly, like this, uh, this question of like how you find that balance, like it's been on my mind, like for this entire year. And I know it's going to be on my mind for years to come. Right. But I think what I'm at least as I'm scratching the surface of what this actually looks like in practice, like finding balance, um, I guess like one layer to this that I am starting to get more comfortable with is like our strengths are our strengths our weaknesses are our weaknesses. And for me, I am such a big proponent of having a growth mindset. Like I was formerly someone who was so boxed in and I didn't think, you know, I had the capability of stretching myself, you know, beyond what I initially set expectations of like what I can accomplish. And once I kind of broke out of that box mentality, like I feel like I've just experienced so much like incredible growth and confidence and um, 
yeah, all the joys that are brought along by that. And yeah, for me, I think this point of just not being ashamed of like how you tick and like how you operate, like not trying to change your core is probably, at least for me, going to be like something that I really, really need to learn to get comfortable with. Because at the end of the day, like if I'm trying to shape shift too aggressively to, you know, becoming more of a realist, like that is at the end of the day, inauthentic to like me and how I view the world and how I like to interact with the world. And I think like this balancing act is such a crucial one, but also like a dangerous one. If like you, you take it too far and like try to embody kind of this like other ideal, um, because like you said, it's kind of like what's bad to you is good for me. And it's always kind of the grass is greener uh, kind of a situation. So yeah, I, I definitely want to be very thoughtful of that. I mean, yeah, you can't stretch from one end of the spectrum to another without something snapping, right? Like <laughs> no rubber band goes that far. You, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Something, something is bound to break and fail. And in the end, who does it hurt you? So yeah. how did you, um, translate that idea of being your authentic self and being more trusting in the workplace? Yeah. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure if I've, I figured out the how, but what I will say is like, I've seen, I've very visibly felt and seen kind of the effects of just like learning how to bring my full self to the table. And what I mean by that is I don't think I've like changed anything really. Like I I haven't like changed the way I interact with people or changed the way like I like to structure my conversations or the content I would prefer or prefer not to provide. Um, I would say like, for me, just this point of authenticity has just really kind of been rooted in being comfortable in my own skin um, and not overthinking it, you know, like, and I feel like there's so much of this pressure that we put on ourselves to like come to the table, like looking super polished, uh, sounding really smart or uh, bringing like the most insightful questions. and. I've just learned to be okay with just like meeting people where they're at. And, you know, if that means like I head into a one-on-one with like a brand new person and spend like the first 15 minutes, just like chatting away and getting to know them on a personal level before diving into, you know, whatever like work situation that we need to dive into, like, so be it. Or if someone is clearly not comfortable, like, you know, getting more personal right off the bat and we just need to kind of go into like more logistics right away, like so be it, you know? So I I think for me, authenticity has felt more like a practice of just being adaptable and just like being cool with like, yeah, like meeting people where they're at. Because like, I think honestly for me, like once I've learned just like how amazing it is just to see like parallels in my life and like other people's lives 
and just like treating them first as like a human (laughs) with like a real beating heart, like first and foremost, before, you know, looking at them as just like, you know, a collaborator or like something a little more distant. Um, I've learned that that has sparked like the most genuine connections. And for me, I'm such a big proponent of that, just like keeping things real. And obviously like, I guess this point on like oversharing, like, I think that's kind of like a fine line to fine line to draw. Um, but yeah, sorry, that was a little bit of a ramble, but I guess like bringing your authentic self is just like being confident in kind of what you bring to the table and being open to kind of the different stories that people have to share and, um, being willing to respond to that. That, that is very good insight, especially this idea of gauging people's comfort levels. Um, I have found that the teams I work best on and the teams that we have all operated best on are the ones where we take just that little bit of time to get to know each other. I don't need your entire life story and you don't need to hear mine, but just beyond the, Hey, how was your weekend? Good. How was yours? Good. Silence. Like just knowing the other person, humanizing the other person, the line surprise makes everyone happier. Um, and I do overshare at work a lot. (laughs) (laughs) My coworkers are absolutely sick of me, (laughs) but I, I form my bonds and my connections through those shared experiences with people. And you don't know what you don't know until someone else is going to tell you, I can't mind read your experiences. I mean, the other day I met someone at work who has a very identical, uh, story to mine in terms of where we grew up, where we came from and where we're now. And I would have never known that if we hadn't just taken those 10 minutes in the beginning of the call to introduce ourselves and give our little, you know, uh, 10 second intro. Um, And I think that that goes in really well with your whole um, concept of caring. I mean, it's not a bad thing to care about people and it's not a weakness to care about people at work. These are the people you see for eight, nine, 10, 11 hours a day. Uh, you have to work with them. They're your bread and butter and you are theirs. So um, might as well get to know a little bit about each other. Um, But that's really hard, right? To strike that balance because work-life balance is important and you can't make people give more energy than they'd like. If someone wants to come in and be like, this is my job. I clock in, I clock out. That's their prerogative. Yeah, But we can only do what we can do. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And uh I think being able to honestly like I feel like for me what I what I've learned is like you have to be willing to I guess show up authentically first before you expect any of those connections that you've mentioned those beautiful connections to even happen um and like you kind of get the hang of it right like I I feel like now I I'm so much better at just like reading people than I was in the past. Um, and just like reading like what energy level they're at, like whether they're in a mood to have like this conversation. Um, and I think at the core of it though, is like when you're willing to open up, when you're willing to bring yourself and like a potential point of shared experience, like people respond to that. So, so well, like they want to, feel that warmth and that human connection too. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
I think it's definitely a constantly like evolving process of like, you know, the relationships that you choose to build or not to build um, at work. But I absolutely agree with this notion of like, it just makes everyone's lives a lot better um, if you choose to kind of dive into that with them. Exactly. And bringing your authentic self to work links really well with, I remember I had this conversation a couple of months ago, I think two or three podcast episodes ago with someone at my workplace. And we talked about the whole idea of being your full and complete self at work versus having a work version of you, a home version mm-hmm. of you, family version, friends version, going out version, like all of these different versions of who you are the more you split them up the harder it gets to keep track and the more exhausting it is to keep up right yeah. and so the easiest thing to do is just be yourself all of the time um obviously like there's certain ways to behave in the workplace and certain ways I'm going to talk with my friends and code switching and things like that but at the end of the day my personality and my identity is really crucial to who I am and I'm going to bring that wherever I go. Yes. Um, and I have found that work has worked really well for me. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I encourage everyone to, you know, stop being, you know, that 20, 30, 40, 50% of yourself and take a stab at being a hundred percent yourself. And it might feel a little scary, but people can see right through an authenticity, right? It's like, why would they be honest with you if you're not being honest with them? And at first being honest with yourself. So yeah, you can sniff it out. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Like people, they have their bullshit radar is on, Like you just can't, you really can't fake that. Um, it's really interesting though, because like when I think about authenticity and like being the one to care first. I feel like I have been trying to learn how to separate, you know, my relationship with people and my relationship with this entity called a company, you know, um, I feel like it's so easy to kind of like blend the two. And I realized like, while people that you work with can, can reciprocate that care and that trust, um, perhaps that's not as viable when you're talking about like an, an animate entity, (laughs) you know, that is the workplace. Uh, And I feel like I've been trying to understand how to adjust accordingly, you know, because I absolutely agree. Bring your 100% self, like don't try to hold back, but also like if you're bringing your time, your energy to something that can't necessarily reciprocate that care and that interest in you like what does that mean for just like how you allocate your time your energy um yeah that's what I'm trying to think through because for me like I have historically (laughs) had a problem with um just getting so overly emotionally invested in my work work being kind of this amalgam of the company the people that I work with but now I'm just trying to better figure out a way to kind of separate out the human elements and the not so human elements, if you will. No, that makes a lot of sense. When you think about a company, the values, right? The um, 
intrinsic behaviors that it exhibits to espouse those values and then the people and then the day-to-day behaviors, right? Like all of those little pieces, like what are you loyal to? I yeah. have, I used to be, I used to think I was a company loyalist, but in reality, I'm just a people loyalist um, mm-hmm. where I care a lot about the people I work with and I care a lot about their experiences and their well-being and how we all work together because my whole purpose is to collectively lift up our community as a whole and care for the individuals in the community. Um, And I'm no longer an organizational loyalist. I am not loyal to a company. I'm loyal to the people I work with and to a culture. And if you can find that culture elsewhere, then you should go elsewhere right the the culture and the humanity behind a company is what drives it right it's the and what's in a name (laughs) it's any anyone can say they're going to do something but until they exhibit those behaviors it does not matter and so i care about organizations being inclusive and diverse and equitable yeah um and caring for their people and understanding and grace and like giving grace in situations, right? Especially in a pandemic. And I think that's how you might be too, right? Where yeah. it's caring about the people and caring about the causes and the behaviors and the humanity of it all, rather than being beholden to an organization, the entity yeah. behind it all. Because yeah. that's like you said, it's very nebulous. It's it's not tangible, but the people you work with and the emotions you handle on a day-to-day basis those are that's the real sauce of it all so that's such a beautiful way to put it like you really like kind of synthesize what was on my mind in just a coherent way so thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> thank you for saying it <laughs> we have to do it we have to work together right yes um that's really good what piece of advice would you give to someone who's trying to enter the fast-paced world of New York or the startup world, especially if you're someone who is more um, more connected to the pathos of it all, right? Someone who wears their heart on their sleeve. I'm someone who gives everything to everyone all the time, all at once. Yeah. So yeah. ask someone like that, what are, what are your, I mean, what's your perspective on that before we go? Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we're ending on this note because there are so many things I would love to tell myself uh, before having kind of embarked on this crazy journey. Um, And I think for me, what I've come to realize is like, there's no point giving advice, trying to prevent people from making mistakes because you have to make those mistakes in order to like really realize them as like your own life lessons. Um, But I guess like one piece of feedback or one piece of advice that I would love to give is like, don't be afraid to pivot and switch things up. Choose a different path as soon as it doesn't feel right to you. I have an undergrad. I changed my major like five times. I have changed like the potential industry that I was going to go into like four different times. Like I despite initially thinking I was more on like the risk averse side of things. um, I have surprised myself over the years of just like, you know, really learning when something doesn't feel right in my gut and just like learning how to just like try something new. 
as a result of that, like just like kind of diving into a new ocean. Um, and it's a scary thing, but it's a muscle that you build. So the more chances you can give yourself to figure out something that is more meaningful to you, that um, feels more right and more in line with your values, um, the easier it gets. And I'm only just starting this journey, right? And so I'm only just starting to realize like how important that adaptability really is. Um, but yeah, that's something that I would love to share with listeners. <laughs> yeah, like we don't know shit. We're in our 20s. We just got here. We have like yeah. decades more to live. <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and dish out advice as someone who is still trying to figure that out, right? Yeah. But what I can do is tell you what I did wrong. And if you want to make those mistakes, we all got to fall down and get back up, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about, are you willing to take that risk on yourself? Are you willing to yeah. take that chance for something better, even if it might not work out? And that's yeah. really, really hard. I'm very risk averse. And like I said, I'm a pessimist <laughs> and I'm super anxious all the time. So this is historically documented on the pod and beyond but for me making mistakes is gut-wrenching crippling I can't handle it I can't take it um and all we're doing right now is just making mistakes one day at a time trying to figure out who we are and what careers we want and things like that right those are all such big hard questions and we put so much pressure on ourselves to answer them What career should I go for? What is my purpose in life? What am I trying to do with myself? What kind of friends should I have? Where should I live? What area of the city is right for me? Like, Mm -hmm. you can't answer these questions all the time correctly. The whole point of life is to answer some of them incorrectly and learn along the way. I've made countless mistakes in my career journey. Call it a career journey as if I didn't just start like three years ago. But (laughs) I mean, the it's been a shaky beginning, right? And I'm now only just starting to figure out who I am and what I want to do. Um, and I only was able to do that because I took some risks mm. that some blew up in my face and the ones that didn't worked out really well for me. <laughs> was it painful? Yes. Was I really sad a lot? Yes. But did I also grow a lot? And like you mm. said, your growth mindset, right? Like having this perspective that there is no such thing as like a colossal failure, right? It's just another learning opportunity for you to move on. And I know that sounds so like, sometimes I can be toxically positive. Like, yes, everything happens for a reason. Life goes on. But sometimes that's what I need, okay? Sometimes I just need to tell myself that life will move on and it's not the end of the world. And I'm here for a short period of time, so I might as well take that risk and do something I like with it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I 100% agree. Take yeah. that bet on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. <laughs> and not you're gonna at wanna, all. You're, you're, you're going to want to give up a lot. And if you don't, I'm really proud of you. But yeah. every decision and every change starts with one very small step. So if it's one little step that gets you closer, that's a win. Everything, every little step is a win. Even if you go one step forward, two steps back, you went one step forward. And in the long run, that's going to work out really well. 
Oh my gosh, look at you being so inspirational. I'm, no. I'm touched. <laughs> <laughs> You're so interesting. You make it easy. <laughs> Are there any parting thoughts you have for the world, the listeners? I mean, I, I feel like just for one, I'm just so glad that I am able to kind of share these thoughts um, with listeners of your platform because honestly, like if you asked me, you know, a year ago, two years ago to record something like this, I would have probably like laughed in your face and said like, I have nothing valuable to say. Um, And not that like what I have to say right now is, you know, earth shattering or life changing, but like, I feel like the only reason why I agreed to this and I was so excited to come on here is because like, I have such like an individual set of experiences that are uniquely my own, but I've really come to this point of like, learning some things the hard way because I have decided for myself that like I need to take risks in order to kind of see more of what the world has to offer. Um, So yeah, all that to say is like everyone is interesting and everyone has such a unique and beautiful story that's being crafted by them and for them. So yeah, I'm so excited for everyone, honestly. Yeah, whether you know or you don't, just trust yourself that you'll figure it out along the way. That's all that really matters. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. It was so lovely to have you on. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Rupal. Oh my gosh, of course. Always happy to meet interesting, cool new people and have them offer their perspective. It's been very valuable hearing what you have to say about authenticity and growth, especially in an area that feels very hard and fast and quick and I don't know figuring out who you are and your boundaries can be really hard especially when you're in an environment like that so I applaud you for making those tough decisions for yourself and looking out for yourself along the way thank you I really appreciate that of course of course well there you have it folks if you ever have any questions about careers growth making mistakes and figuring things out please don't hesitate to reach out you know, we're all kind of readjusting to the current times and trying to learn what works for us and what doesn't. And I just want you guys to all know that I'm here for you. Always ready to listen, pun fully intended. As always, thanks for joining me this week on Listen. Be sure to visit my Twitter page at Listen with Roops or my Instagram at Listen with Roops. Thank you so much again and have a wonderful rest of your week.